Hello everyone and welcome to the Sunday evening uh, Bible study both on Facebook and on podcast, Mike Springston FFC podcast where we coach you in the word. We're glad to be with you tonight, with you in the second part of works to whatsoever. We're studying prayer and we're looking at how and why Jesus prays for us and um We're going into part two of that. Those of you that want to contact us can contact us through springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministries.com, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's direct messaging. We would love to hear from you from wherever you are. We'd love to know that you're listening. If you're with us tonight on Facebook, please make sure and sign in in the comments. And, um, but we're going to study the Word of God tonight on prayer. And we want to remind you, however, before we do, that uh, my book, I Surrender, is available to you on Amazon or through your local bookstore. I think the book would bless you. Well, uh, let's have a word of prayer and then we will get on with teaching uh, on works to whatsoever. A look at why and how Jesus prays for us. Father, open our eyes that we can see and our ears that we can hear. Thy heart that we can understand what the Word of God says to us. And then may we apply it to our lives so that we can be changed in the image of your dear Son. Jesus, we ask you to speak to us. We ask you to show us in the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, what it is that we need to know, do, understand, and demonstrate. And as you do, we'll receive it, we'll release it to your people, and we will be corrected, we will be blessed, we will be led and guided into truth. We will be changed, transformed in our walk, and become more of Christ in us towards the hope of glory. Father, I praise you in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Hi, William. Good to see you tonight. John 16, 23 and 24 is our jumping off place. And in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. (coughs) Excuse me. Hitherto. Have you asked nothing in my name? Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. So what are we looking for in prayer, in this idea of works to whatsoever? Well, we looked extensively into the works model in John 14. Now we're looking into the whatsoever model of John 16, and there we find that if we function prayer correctly, we can come into a full joy. Why is that? Well, because we will see the appropriation of the promises of God that are uh, in Christ Jesus manifested into our lives. Now, in the Lord's Prayer, as I mentioned this morning, the disciples of Jesus were educating themselves in the familiar. But Jesus knew that there would be more, and he made that comment to them, and he said, I can't tell you everything you need to know right now. 
He answered their request, however, concerning prayer and solved their mind on the issue that was present in the moment. But there was coming a day when prayer would take on a new and much deeper dimension. We see this manifested in John 14 as Jesus begins to speak the activity of how the Godhead would engage the world after he leaves the earth. So the prayer that comes from Mark 16 then activates the relationship between the Godhead and the Holy Spirit. As we ask the Father in Jesus' name to receive the operations of Jesus through the revelation of the Spirit, Jesus begins to reveal the answers that glorify the Father. Jesus, according to Scripture, does what we ask, and he prays the Father. And how does he do it? According to verse 16 of John 14, he prays the Father for you to be given the Spirit, who he describes as a comforter. So the works that he did are associated then with the sending of that comforter. This is the first identification of the use of Jesus' name having impact in heaven and causing a release of power. Now with the revealed release of power, which is the infilling of the Spirit, the believer can use the name with assurance that what was promised in Mark 16 and Matthew 28 are sitting at the ready for us to appropriate. Now then, we look into John 16, and we recognize that this sequence of language has begun again. Notice, it's being used by the believer after the believer comes into contact with the Holy Spirit who has come to dwell in him. The timing is important because if we fail to identify with the timing, then we fail to appropriate the use of the name correctly. What does that failure to appropriate from a correct sequence cause? Well, of course, we see it in our church world all the time, where prayer has become something that is not viable and usable because it's not taught correctly. So we misunderstand the sequencing of prayer, and then when prayer doesn't work, well, we get frustrated. We go into doubt and fear because we don't see any result. But if we were able to appropriate his name at the correct time in the sequencing of the acts and replications of Jesus Christ, it would detonate all of the power and authority that heaven has stored for release into the earth by that name. So we see Jesus explaining to the apostles and the disciples what they should do with reference to prayer. This is new and it is absolutely different than the prayer that he taught them in Luke 11. Why is that? Because the Luke 11 prayer is a prayer that was taught to Israel that was in tune with their worship and their knowledge of God and the Old Testament. Jesus was about to manifest to them a process of prayer that included him as the man in the Godhead bodily who could pray for their needs and reveal answers in the Spirit. Now why is that different? Israel knew the ways of God as he manifested in response to those wonderful names of Jehovah, uh, Elohim, 
Adonai, he exposed himself to them as a miraculous provider. His names were designed to express his ability to provide and produce. Now we would then have the opportunity in Jesus Christ to know both the acts and the ways in which Jesus Christ was going to provide through the names of Jesus Christ. That's why when you hear me say, Jesus Christ, our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead, there are distinctives that come out of those names and graces that are associated with those portions of the ministry of Jesus Christ. And for us to use the name correctly, And appropriately, we must understand who he was and how these names were developed in the divine plan of God to interact with his people. How those names were designed in the divine plan of God to have the actions and the replications, meaning his acts and his ways manifested to his people. So when we see him in all of his works, all of his actions, and those actions being replicated in us by the Holy Spirit, we are finding out the means by which God has designed in the grand divine plan of God to interact with his people both in his acts and his ways. His acts, the cross, the tomb, the resurrection, the high priest, the lordship, and the man in the Godhead, those acts come to us in replications. Those replications become his ways. So in John 16, the reference to using his name is again accompanying the work and replications of the Spirit. Asking in Jesus' name would result in Jesus speaking through the Holy Spirit to show the one who is asking what they were to receive from him. Well, we know what the things are. They are all the promises of God that are yea and amen in him. We know that. We know that those things are more than we can ask or think or believe because of the power that works in us. We know that. We know that Jesus now is praying the Father and Jesus is, is operating as an intercessor on our behalf to reveal to us through the Holy Spirit the very things that God has placed in his hands, authority, and power for him to give to us. So asking in Jesus' name would result in him speaking through the Holy Spirit. Why is that? Because as he was received back into the position of the man in God in the Godhead, all things that the Father had became his. With that, the Holy Spirit was to be activated by the voice of Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus says in verse 23, when the process is concluded by the divine design, you will then be filled with a comforter. Then you will ask, now we go from John 14, where it was works and greater works, to John 16, where it becomes whatsoever. The Father asking him anything in my name, and he will give it to you. How did we get there? Because we followed the sequence 
the plan, the grand design of God to follow the acts of Jesus and have him replicate in us his ways. Now then, we have the opportunity to use the name, use it correctly, and then appropriate it correctly, and Jesus Christ operates in the throne room of God to, to dispel and disperse to us from the promises that are yea and amen in him, the meeting of our need. In chapter 16, I want you to get that. 14 was works, greater works. 16's prayer was whatsoever. Now you can work with that in Matthew, Mark chapter 11 when Jesus is teaching have the faith of God. He said whomsoever could have whatsoever. Glory to God. Now we know how. We do that through the word of Jesus Christ. We do that through prayer in Jesus' name. But in order to get there, there is a sequencing of the life of Jesus Christ that causes this to be able to come to fruition. Anything and all things were to be sought for the needs and the welfare of the believer in the name of Jesus. It just had to be operated in the correct progression of the operation of grace. What was the operation of grace that would bring the manifestation in Jesus' name? When we understood that his name, his name became functional when we entered into the promise of God. Now, in his lordship, that power and authority was shown to us. Now, as we enter into him through the promise of the Father, as he is in the Godhead bodily. Now, I'm going to show you a couple things here that I want you to bear in great mind. So, where were we to go to function the name of Jesus Christ correctly. Well, we were to go into the life of the Spirit. Now look at Romans 8 and 6. For to be carnally minded is death. Now where was the carnal mind of man as he worked through the steps of Jesus? Well, prior to the cross, man worked in a carnal mind. Then at the cross, man got forgiveness for his transgressions, his iniquities, his lack of peace, and he was healed by the wounds of Jesus Christ. Now man, still having that carnality, goes to the tomb with Jesus and dies, lays the flesh in the tomb. Now he is preserved in his spirit. He follows Jesus into the, the, the region of the damned, and there he lays down the old nature, comes out of there with a new life, delivered and steeped and clothed in righteousness. So here we see it. For to be carnally minded is death. If we're going to stay in the carnal mind, we're going to stay in the flesh, we're going to say we're saved and live in the flesh, follow the affections and the lusts of the flesh, then we're never going to become spiritually minded and find any life that can be life and Peace. Now that's Romans 8 and 6. From here, from the life in the Spirit, from knowing the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, we would begin to live life and experience peace. Why would he begin to pray for us? Because his desire for the use of his name was that the full joy or full delight 
of His promises, of His blessing, of His goodness, of His kindness, of His mercy, of His glory, might be completed in you. That's what Paul said whenever he said that we are complete by the man in the Godhead bodily. There they were to ask in the name of Jesus and specifically what they would ask once they obtained and operated in the correct progression of sequencing and let the flesh die, got out of the carnality, got into the life of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, got peace in their natural, from their natural old man, put on the new man in righteousness, made by Jesus Christ, by God in Jesus Christ, allowed to come in to the worship in the tabernacle where they would be sanctified, separated, and called brethren, and then to come across the threshold into the lordship of Jesus Christ. There, they would be able to begin to ask and use his name. Now, when we look into Matthew 16, we see five things that we hear happening in Matthew 16. Of those five things, four of those five things are individual to you. So the name of Jesus Christ being used on your account Cast down devil, spoke with new tongues, nothing outside you, inside you hurt you. Now then, the progression continued, and you would lay hands on the sick and they would recover, and the Lord would confirm his word with signs following. Wonderful, fabulous. But Jesus said that there was going to be, be an endowment with power, and that endowment with power was going to bring you into a place where you would be able to continue to do and to teach the things that he began to do and to teach. So, I'm telling you that the use of the name of Jesus is most effective whenever it is entailed, involved, engaged with the infilling of his spirit because it is from there that as the man, I'm going to show you scripture on this in just a minute, is seen to occur or what happened with that activity at the day of Pentecost and the actions of Jesus Christ as they existed from the throne room of God, of which we know Peter taught. Now I'm saying this with, with absolutely wanting to leave no doubt. There is a progression, there is a sequence of which the use of the name of Jesus becomes most and highly effective in the life of a believer. Now watch, this is the precise reason that Jesus is described as an intercessor. Look at this, Romans 8, 34. Who is he that condemneth? Is it Christ that died? Yea, rather, that is risen. So he has just taken us from the cross to the tomb to the resurrection. Who is even at the right hand of God? Now I want you to hear that. Who is even at the right hand of God? So Paul in this scripture has come through every act which were replicated in the believer. Every one of them. He's come from the cross to the tomb to the deliverance from the resurrection in his first part of the phrase. Then he goes and we know that Jesus went to be the high priest over his own sacrifice and we know that he became the exalted Lord. So when he makes this last statement of being at the right hand of God, we know that he became the man in the Godhead bodily. So 
Paul has encompassed all of the actions in that one scripture in Romans 8.34. And the result of that is that from his position as at the right hand of God, Jesus Christ became the one to make intercession for us. Now we know that intercession means to confer with, by extension to uh, entreat, in favor, now watch this, or against, and to deal with. Now notice, from what position Paul places him for this activity. He did not place him in that activity on the cross, nor did he place him in that activity in the tomb or the resurrection, nor did he place him in that specific activity whenever he became the sacrifice over his own uh, the high priest of his own sacrifice. No. And he did not place him there when he became Lord. Uh-uh. He placed him there when he was seated at the right hand of God. And there he lives to make intercession. Now this is very important information. He is seen by the writer of the book of Hebrews to do in Hebrews chapter 7 what he has done completely. In Isaiah 53, states that he died with the transgressors so we can trace his work from the cross to the resurrection. We can also in Isaiah 53 see that he bore our sin so we can trace him to the tabernacle. He was made an intercessor so we can trace him through his lordship and into the throne room of God. His intercession occurs from the place from where he is seated, and from where he released the Holy Spirit back into the earth. Jesus' actions were replicated in man by the Holy Spirit concerning his works from the cross until he returned to the Godhead. That's the beautiful part of it. We have both his acts and his ways. His acts were things that he did in the six steps leading to the man in the Godhead that all correlate with the plan of salvation. And his replications are all completed by the Holy Spirit and then by Jesus through the Holy Spirit. What a wonderful thing to know. Then, releasing the promise of the Father from his position at the throne of God, uh, for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, man had at his disposal the means to activate the actions of Jesus in the earth. If Now watch this now. If James states that man by his tongue can set on fire the course of hell, then a man living in the actions and replications of the Holy Spirit that is being directed by Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit is speaking through him has the ability to do the extreme opposite. James said that your tongue would set on fire of hell. The extreme opposite of that is is that the tongue directed by Jesus Christ outspeaking the Spirit of God will set 
on fire the course of heaven and it will replicate the actions that are required by the one making the request, which is me, and have those actions transferred either by the laying on of hands or by the speaking of commands. We have the ability to set on fire the very thing that John the Baptist said would happen to us. We would be filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. So when we're praying in the name of Jesus Christ, my friend, and we are releasing that into the air, I want you to know we are releasing the power that invokes Jesus Christ to begin to pray on our behalf and to begin to release the things that are his from the heavenly dimension right into our world where every promise of God is yea and amen. What a glorious thing when we come into the correct process and when we understand what Jesus is doing. Now why is he doing that? Because Jesus desires to glorify the Father by releasing his divine promises through the prayer into our natural world so that we who are ministering in the name of Jesus can not no longer just hope but expect that what we have spoken in the name of Jesus is going to come to pass. How do we know it? Because we keep his commands, we love him, the Father loves us, he loves us, and he manifests himself to us. What a glorious thing. How does he do it? The way he told us he would. And we would invoke his name. And when we did, he would begin to pray for us. And the father would say, we love him. Manifest yourself into his life. What a great thing. There is a transfer that is commensurate for us with the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Now let me take a second and explain the divine interaction of God with man if I can. Jesus does not tell man that man will ever do anything that bears any result from himself in the spiritual world. In other words, I don't have the power in me to speak one word in the spiritual domain. What I have in me is the actions and replications of Jesus Christ. As he speaks through me, and as I speak in his name, he begins to minister to the Holy Ghost and lead me and guide me and give me what to speak and show me things that are to come. And so in the name of Jesus, there are four distinct operations that are going to come out of me that are not going to be have their uh, uh, indigenous behavior in me. It's going to be led by the Spirit of God. We get that wrong in our day. We look at people and we say, oh my, what a man, what a man, what a man. What a guy, boy, he just is, he's the one I want to hear. I want to hear what he has to say. My friend, don't listen to me. Do not listen to me. If you are listening to me, I want you to hear what Jesus is saying, not what I'm saying. I have no influence. The only influence I have is what the Holy Ghost brings out of me to tell you. The only thing that I have to give you is the revelation of the Word of God, the understanding of the Word of God. And in so doing, it will calm your frustrations. 
your doubts and your fears. It will answer your questions. It will show you why the things you've tried to do spiritually have fallen on their face. It will show you why we've attempted to make excuses for God. And we've attempted to say, well, that wasn't God so-and-so. It wasn't God's timing. It wasn't God's will. It wasn't this. It wasn't my friend. If we will follow the progression of the life, the actions, and the works of Jesus Christ and the replications of the Holy Spirit and use the name of Jesus Christ appropriately, appropriately, in place, in time, in season, Jesus himself will pray for us. I want to tell you something. My mother passed away on Saturday of last week and we hated to see her go. She should have died 18 months ago. But for 18 months, I have sought God on her behalf and laid hands on her every day for 18 months. 18 months, God kept that woman alive. She should have died from the fall. She should have died from pneumonia. God kept her alive for 18 more months. Glory to God. Hallelujah. How come? Because a righteous man prayed a fervent prayer. And that fervent prayer in the name of Jesus availed much. How come it was working? How come it worked? How come it kept her? I want to tell you why it kept her. Because the name of Jesus was invoked and Jesus Christ was praying on my behalf. And as he was praying with me, the angels of God were undergirding. The angels of God were ministering. The angels of God were uplifting. And 18 months, when 18 months earlier, she should have been gone. I got to have her in my home for 18 months. I got to talk to her about the word of God incessantly for 18 months. I got to pick her brain about things in the word of God that I did not know nor did I understand for 18 months. The angels of God blessed me with 18 months to find out what was in that woman's mind. And I'd like to tell you, I found out a lot of things I did not know, glory to God, and there's a lot of things left for me here to read that I still don't know. But praise God, Jesus Christ in his faithfulness as I prayed, prayed for me, and the promise of God became real in my house. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm celebrating that, my friend. In our day, we think that that power comes from the individual, or from the church, or from the denomination, or because we can kick our legs so high, or because we can say something that uh, resonates with people. I'm not interested in any of that. I'm interested in resonating with the Holy Ghost and the Jesus Christ that sits on the right hand of God. And I'm interested. I'm interested in when I invoke his name, he from the throne room of God begins to turn to the Father and say, oh, Mike needs that God and it belongs to me and I'm sending it out of the glory spout right down Oh, Brother Mike, hallelujah. Therefore, whenever the ministry transfer happens and we lay hands on the sick, we don't just believe, we expect. We walk by faith in that. I want you to tell you, my friend, this execution of the prayer in the proper time, in the proper sequence, in the proper progression is a 
absolutely vital importance because we banner around the name of Jesus all over the place. We banner it around. And my friend, we're not getting out of it. It's just due. We're not. Why? Because we're using it inappropriately, out of progression. Now I want you to study this. We need to teach the actions and replications of Jesus Christ. We need to teach them. We need to understand them. We need to understand those portions of grace. And we need to walk away from the concept of personal power. The church world suffers from a complete lack of spiritual understanding concerning how the divine interacts with man and from what condition the divine interacts with man. So, do you see how the instruction operates? When you ask in my name, where are you when you should ask in his name? Someone said, Pastor, what is the process for this? Well, my friend, begin to seek it. Go to the cross. Every day I pray from the cross to the man in the Godhead. Every day. Every day I pray from the cross through the tomb, through the resurrection, through the tabernacle, into the Lordship, and into the man in the Godhead bodily. Someone said, why do you do that? Because every day I bring my body under subjection. Every day I don't fight as one that beateth the air. I know that my flesh is the thing that I must defeat. I know that my flesh is the thing I must bring under control. I also know that many of you think that God is responsible for that. Paul did not teach that. You are responsible for how your flesh entertains the spirit world. You are responsible for that. You can say, God help me, God help me, God help me, God help me. But you are going to have to turn on your flesh just like Jesus turned on Satan and say to your flesh, for it is written. You're going to have to do that. And you're going to have to do that as you engage each of the actions of Jesus Christ. And when you get done, you walk into the throne room of God. You come in boldly. Why could you come boldly? Because you have followed the trace of his footsteps. And you go in boldly then. You're not going to go in boldly from the cross. Why? Because your flesh is going to prevent you. Sin is not going to enter in to the throne room of God, my friend. Your flesh that is still fighting you in its old sin nature is not going in there. You're going to have to bring it under control. You're going to have to resist the devil. You're going to have to draw nigh unto God. That is your responsibility. So when we come to prayer, and we want to invoke the name of Jesus, we have to do it under the appropriate sequencing as we have just found from Romans chapter 8 and verse 34 that Paul's sequencing took him from the cross 
to the resurrection. Then it took him to the man in the Godhead, and we know Jesus went through the tabernacle and the Lordship before he got there. Paul traced it all, my friend. And we missed it because we wanted to make this walk of Christ easy. And we wanted to tell everybody that listened how easy it is to get to heaven. But my friend, although believing in Jesus Christ may come according to the book of Romans chapter 10 that your belief saves you. But there are power steps that you must go through to mature and to grow in Christ. How do we know it? Because Paul looked at the church at Corinth and said, I'm still having to feed you on milk. Come out of that milk walk. Get in the thing I'm teaching. Pray about it. Begin to pray from the cross to the throne room. And the next thing you know, having done that, you will develop and watch you begin to take control of your flesh. You will see the old sin nature drop off and a new creation in righteousness begin to operate. Then sanctification from the sanctifier who calls you brethren. Then as Lord, you'll see him and step across that threshold into the throne room of God and begin to pronounce the name of Jesus and the Lord will begin to work with you and confirm the word with signs following. Father, I pray that you'll bless the word of God from works and from whatsoever. We have found how to pray and to make it effective so that we truly become an effectual, fervent prayer that operates from a righteous man. Father, we give you glory for every bit of it. And we ask you to minister to our eyes in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our High Priest, our Lord, and our Man in the Godhead. I saw Tim and Betty and Gary and Charles and so many of our friends. May God bless you as you meditate on the Word of God. We love you. We'll be back in Bible study Wednesday night at 645 at FFC. If you're available, please come and join us. We'll be studying out of the book of 1 Peter, and we certainly want to share truth with you. May God richly bless my Facebook friends and my, my church people. Study the Word of God and meditate on it. And let the Holy Ghost reveal truth to you. Pray from the cross to the throne room. In the Old Testament, they prayed from the place of the, of the sacrifice, through the labor, into the tabernacle. All three places in the tabernacle. And then one of them took that blood in behind into the throne room of God. You have the right because of the split veil to go into the throne room of God where the name of Jesus Christ is adored. Amen. God bless you. We love you and we look forward to speaking again. Well, friends, we love you. We appreciate you. May God richly bless you is my prayer. Uh, find Him as Lord and everything in your life will come under his Lordship. Find him as the man in the Godhead. From there, 
He'll show you great and mighty things to come. May God richly bless you until we speak again.